Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. This is the 33rd episode in the Co-Pilot series where we can chat about making the plant-based lifestyle more doable, especially while facing common challenges and roadblocks we all face on our journey to better health and weight loss. I'm really excited for today's Co-Pilot guest and just the whole topic of the day. It's something that has been coming up a lot with our members in the forums, and it's sort of that story or feeling that we all kind of experience where when you start caring about one thing, you start caring about other things and it's not a diet anymore. It's a lifestyle. And what I mean by that is today's episode is about pets. And you know, when you're feeling good and you're just rocking out with your plant-based diet, you start to wonder, well, how could, could my pets benefit? And a lot of people have been asking, can my, can my dogs benefit from this way of life? So I brought on Amy. So hi, Amy. And hi, Lizzie. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here today. You're welcome. And so you're just, you have done it. I mean, you've researched and read all about dogs and the plant-based diet and you have, you know, some tips for us on food, but before we get into all that exciting stuff, why don't you tell us a little bit about you first? Okay. Well, I am going to be 51 years old in August, so I'm on the other side of this century. Um, I'm the mother of two incredible sons who are 20 and 23 years old. They're both musicians, and I'm married to the best man in the world. I know we all say that, but... <laughs> But, but mine really is. Um, I've lived in the meat-eating and loving state of Texas for about 36 years. And right now I'm semi-retired. I was a, a middle school English teacher. And I wanted to have some more time with my family and with my dogs. And uh, I have a son that goes to school far away. So it was difficult for me to travel to visit him. And so now I stay home and I work a part a very uh, few hours at a part-time job. But I also, um, I work with people on transitioning to a plant-based diet. And I also tutor some students in English. So that's what I do now. Um, just a quick background about my my physical condition. I was a normal weight all the way until I graduated from college. So I never really had any weight problems. But then at that point, I went through some life struggles and I started to put on the pounds pretty quickly. Uh, I got married a year after I graduated from college. I had children just a few years later. And with each child, I kept gaining weight and gaining weight and not losing it. Um, and then I I ended up, uh, you know, trying all of the diets that were out there, Weight Watchers, I tried pills, I tried everything. I would lose a few pounds, but I could never really stay on the diet, which is the story you hear from mm -hmm. pretty much everybody. everybody. Um, and then if I did lose any weight, I would lose my momentum and then I would gain all of that weight back and more after that. So I topped off at about 220 pounds and I'm only 5'2". So you can imagine what oh my, my body looks That's like. a lot yes. on a small frame. It is. And it was extremely difficult. Um, during my second pregnancy, I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. And I remember at the time them telling me that there was a 15% chance that I could actually have type 2 diabetes on down the road. But I was pretty young and didn't pay attention to that. But the truth uh, came to be in my life because... Um, of about six years ago, I had actually I had really good blood work. And then all of a sudden I had type two diabetes. Um, my, my father has type two diabetes and is medicated for that. And I had to go on medicine three times a day, an oral medicine. Um, and 
the worst part of that was I'm one of those people that chokes on pills. So, oh, so no. yes, it was extremely difficult. And every day I told my husband, I don't want to be on this medicine. I would say it over and over to him. Um, and then our oldest son, both, both of my sons and my husband are extremely thin. They're normal weight. They're not super tall. Our tallest is my youngest son, who's 5'7", so they're pretty short, but they're all a normal weight. Um, so my my older son had gained some weight in his second year of college, and when he came home from college, he started to watch some documentaries and tripped over forks over knives, uh, which a lot of people do, mm-hmm. and he said to me and my husband, you have to watch this. Um, so we all sat together, we rewound it, we watched it again, and we literally cleaned out our entire kitchen, bought all new uh, Whole Foods items, got rid of every animal-based product that we had, eggs, dairy, fish, anything in the freezer. We didn't even want to give it to anybody. After mm-hmm. watching that documentary, we felt like this is it. This is the problem. This is what we need to to be chasing after. And so... Um, in three months, actually, it was probably less than three months, but in three months, my doctor had to take me off my diabetes medicine because my blood sugar became too low being medicated and eating a whole foods plant-based diet, which was awesome. That's and then, amazing. And so yes, fast. I mean, inc- that's incredible. Even if it was three months and you think it might have been less, that's still unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And and it was just, that was really my motivation was to get off that medicine. And even though I was extremely overweight, that wasn't really my focus. My focus was to get better, to reverse that diabetes. That was really important to me. But in the meantime, as you know, we just naturally shed weight because this is this is just the the type of eating that your body needs. It it processes food the foods that you eat better and then the extra fat on your body just slowly melts away. And I'm saying slowly because it is slow mm-hmm. but it is permanent. Exactly. And that is, yeah. That and is natural. And natural. So to date, lost and kept off 50 pounds. I have never been able to lose and keep off any weight, let alone 50 pounds. Which is amazing. So that, yes, that is huge. Um, I, I, can, I used to not be able to walk a block. I try to walk, you know, three-mile walks. That is a big thing for me because I had osteopenia when this started. And so I had a hip problem and other things. All of those things have really just, they've flown away in the time period, in the three plus years that we've been eating this way. So that's sort of my story. Mm -hmm. Um, Just as an aside note, my husband at the time was 138 pounds, so very small. But in all of our years of being married, which is more than 25, he could never get his cholesterol below 200. It runs in his family. They all have high cholesterol, even though they're normal weight. He is a cyclist. He runs And it really bothered him that he could never get that under control. And after being on a plant-based diet, 150. It's just, yeah, it's just natural. My other two sons, one of them that was going to college had gotten some, his first blood work done and his cholesterol was 188. After being on a plant-based diet for a short time, 129. Wow. Uh, 
my oldest son, who is an athlete and has always eaten probably the healthiest of any of us, his cholesterol is 105. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. So, very cool. Anyway, so everybody has benefited in a lot of ways. We have great energy. Um, just nothing hurts like it used to. So. And I think that's one thing that people fail to realize as a benefit or and what I'll hear people say, especially on the podcast is I never knew how bad I felt until I felt well. And I think things like just something simple, like pain, like having joint pain was not a benefit that was ever told me. I, Oh, you know, you're, you might lose weight. Your skin might clear up. You'll, you'll sleep better. You know, you, you, all these things, but no one ever just said like the little aches and pains would go away. And I didn't even notice them until other people would say, you know, I don't have this pain anymore. And I realized, Oh my gosh, I don't get sore knees when I sit anymore. Exactly. And you know, what was another thing like that is headaches. Mm. You know, I wouldn't say that I had a ton of headaches, but I never have any now, which is just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I feel for people who have migraines, but I do know many people who have said that on a whole foods plant-based diet, that either their migraines completely stop or they, they stretch out where they're not having them near as often. So that's another one of those things. Uh, and I was a migraine sufferer since I was seven years old. I missed birthdays, sleepovers, never could go trick or treating, spent uh -huh. many a nights throwing out my parents crying outside the bathroom because I was just I had an absolute agony and there was nothing they could do for me. And within, I was at the point where I was taking four medications a day, hoping to prevent migraines from coming into my life because I was a student and I could not continue to miss class and studying and um, it, forgetting even a social life of a college kid. I was missing so much class and unable to study and do reports. And so my doctors were like, we have to try to just head it on, head on. Within two weeks, I never had a migraine again, barring maybe one freak one a year. I know. That's that's amazing. And I also had just regular headaches, like you said. Like, I was constantly having headaches, and I thought maybe it was because I was abusing caffeine. Again, I was a college student, or maybe I was dehydrated, but it's rare. And when I do have a headache, it's usually because I am dehydrated. I drink some water, and I feel better. Exactly. Yep. But one thing I appreciated you saying was that side note about your husband and sons. They were always, especially your husband, very fit, very active people. If you looked at them, you would say they're they're very healthy. They're trim. They clearly have like an exercise physique. And yet they did not have good numbers because that's yeah. just a testament that thinness doesn't automatically equal health. Absolutely. And I, and I've always said this, what you see on the outside is not always mm -hmm. what's going on on the inside. It just isn't. I mean, and oh, and it, it, to bring up another thing on that point, our son, our youngest son who went away to college far, he, he went away 15 hours from home. It was very difficult for him to transition away from a very close family to a place where he didn't know anybody. And he suffered some depression in that year going away. And he said that he actually did not join us on this journey until a year ago. And he made the choice over last summer to switch to a plant-based diet 100%. And he has not experienced any blues. He His skin is cleared tremendously. He Just a lot of positive things for college students. Mm -hmm. um, because it's hard to be a college student, especially if you are away from, from yes. people. No. Mm -hmm. so, so just from the... Um, the emotional well-being, it makes you feel better. 
Absolutely. And I definitely struggled with depression at multiple different periods. And I firmly believe that had my diet not been well, that it would have been so much worse for me. So I'm glad to hear that that's helping him too. And I went away very far from college and was very close to my parents. And I appreciate that um, and wish that I had taken better care of myself at the time. Well, thankfully you are now. Yes, I know. And I feel like that's what everyone says, including my parents. Gosh, I wish I would have known sooner. I've never heard someone say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Like it's always, I wish I knew sooner. But exactly. to sort of bring us back to our whole topic today is about our pets, our other children, our furry friends. Yep. And um, one thing for me, so why we both have pugs. And yes, we um, so we, we connect in the snotty, snoring, but they're so lovable pugs. <laughs> so the funny thing with my pugs is I had my pugs before I was plant-based. And um, it had never, for whatever reason, early on into my plant-based journey, it had never occurred to me to do anything different for my dogs. Like it just, I, I, I was removed. I knew this was for myself and I was feeling better and I was seeing improvements. And so was my husband, but my dog's health started to decline. They were constantly having rashes and ear infections and they have wrinkles. Pugs have these wrinkles and they were constantly inflamed, having yeast infections, all this gross stuff. And I was just like, my goodness, this breed of dog has just got all kinds of problems because I would go to pug meetups and I would hear these same complaints from other owners feet chewing, butt dragging, all this stuff. And I was like, I feel like my dogs are suffering. Like this can't, not this, this can't be right. I understand everyone's dog is doing this, but this can't be right. So I started talking to my vet and it was my vet who suggested I put them on a vegetarian kibble. And I was like, what? And she's what? like, well, they might have allergies. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, but well, you know, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. So how? why not? You know? And, um, it was almost instant. It was just like with me. As fast as I saw results when I changed my diet, I saw I had whole new dogs. Absolutely. I mean, you, I couldn't say it any better than you did. So, why don't you tell us about your girls? Okay. Well, I have two beautiful black pugs and your pugs are black, which that's this right. And they're not, rare. So that's funny. Yeah. It is rare, but I want to just, this is not related to that, but I want to just point something out that I learned when I got pugs is that p black pugs actually can come from fawn parents, the mm -hmm. lighter color tan. And a lot of people don't realize that they're actually, their mother was a black pug and their father was a fawn pug, but they are perfectly black pugs. So that's just a, that's just a side piece of trivia. That's actually, I didn't know that either, but you're right. And, um, one of my pugs did come from a fond parent. Yeah. So you wouldn't know, but yeah, funny. Yeah. So anyway, um, our girls, when our oldest son went away to college, my husband felt like we had, first, let me say this. We used to own cats. I say own, I hate that word. We had <laughs> cats as family you had members. cat companions. We had cat companions for many years that we adopted from local shelters when we didn't have kids and then when our children were young. And then at some point we had, because they came from shelters, a lot of times they didn't live as long. It was because they had various different uh, illnesses that they came with. And so we went through a period of time where we didn't have any pets at all. And when our oldest son went away to college, my husband feared that it was going to be very difficult, particularly for me, because we have such a close family. And he said, Hey, let's get dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so that was interesting. We had friends at the times, a, a couple of friends that had pugs and we just thought they were precious and they were very gentle and 
super loving and I just, I fell in love with him. And so at the time we had a friend who was actually a veterinarian and she had two black pugs that were females. And she told us we were not plant-based at the time and she is not plant-based. So she suggested that we get our pugs from a family versus um, a breeder. Mm-hmm. And now on down the road, I would never do a breeder. And if you ever see earthlings, you will absolutely know why you should never get a dog from a breeder. So, um, and I do recommend that people watch that documentary. Um, it's it's very hard to watch, but it is important that people know the truth. But in this particular situation, she recommended that we get our dogs from a family because families that have a litter, usually those dogs tend to be healthier. And so she came with us out to a family that was in a small rural town just north of where we live. And she actually brought a stethoscope and listened to the hearts of the six babies. Yes. And there were five black and one fawn. And she chose two little girls for us. And that was they were two weeks old at the time. So what we did was each weekend we went out there and visited them until they were ready to come home with us. But in the meantime, we found out that the owners, the owner, the woman had cancer and she was struggling to have five babies in her home along with other pets that she had, adult pets. And so on the fourth visit that we went, she asked us to take them back with us. She said that the mother was only a year old when she had them. She had only had her first heat and she was actually not nursing them. She was getting up when they started to nurse and she wasn't really uh, caring for them. And so we, of course, said, absolutely, we'll take them home. But that was young. That was too young for them to be away from their mother. And so we definitely did not want to feed them traditional dog food. We wanted to do something more gentle on the stomach and do what we could to to raise them those last few weeks that they would have normally nursed. I have the exact same story with my boy pug. And so, like I said, I got my pugs before I was plant-based, before I knew anything about, you know, any kind of animal rights or this. I had the same thing. I knew I didn't want to go to a puppy shop because I was aware that puppy shops were not good. Pet stores were not good. I knew that. But um, same thing. Someone had recommended I go to a family, not necessarily a breeder. Because I knew about puppy mills and I didn't want that. And of course, in retrospect now, I would never purchase a dog again. I would absolutely rescue and adopt. Um, But I didn't know then. I can't fault myself. I love my dogs. But it was the same thing as I picked up my boy pug and he was not supposed to leave his mother yet. But the mother had stopped nursing. Mm -hmm. She had seven babies and they were literally sucking her to death. And so they would try to nurse on her and she'd get up and leave. And it was the same thing. She was too young. I think she was under the age of two, maybe one as well with this woman decided to try to like, I don't know, have pugs and sell them. And um, it's been interesting. Quaid obsessively, he's 11 years old and he still obsessively nurses on stuffed animals. And I think, I mean, I'm not a dog psychologist, but I think it's because he didn't have enough time with his mom. Absolutely. I I agree. And it's funny that you said that because our girls actually are high, they're heavy chewers. They love to chew um, uh, naturally shed uh, deer antlers and other things. In fact, we have to be really careful about what kind of toys we give them because they can destroy a toy. But I, mm-hmm. And they'll swallow it. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're right. bugs. So... Our vet friend that had the two black pugs, she actually made food for her dogs. And her dogs um, ate brown rice, 
green beans, organic chicken or turkey, and I want to say peas. I think it was peas. And she made this mix up for her dogs. And then she would give them various fruits and vegetables when she was cooking. But she, again, she was not a plant-based eater. So that this was a meat-based um, food that she was feeding to her dogs. So we started that way, making the dog food the way that she made hers. And we just did it in a big pot. And then we would put it in containers and freeze it. But after we became plant-based, and remember, our dogs are five. We've been plant-based for a little over three years. So at some point into that, we started not wanting to bring meat into our home at all for any reason. And that we, ha- we, we had that um, just that tugging on our hearts about animals in general. And so the next time we went to the vet, we talked to him and we said, look, at this, you know, this is what we're making for our dogs now. Could we replace the meat with legumes and still have a healthy diet for our dogs? And he's like, Absolutely, which kind of surprised us mm-hmm. because he's not a plant-based eater, but he is, he's a great vet um, and, and very well regarded around here. So what we did is we thought about, well, what do, what do humans eat on a plant-based diet? And if dogs are also omnivores, why don't we just try to devise something that is very similar and very well-rounded? So we created, uh, we call it slop because <laughs> it, it does kind of look sloppy, but we put together um, a mix that contains brown rice and we do buy organic brown rice for that. We try to use organic for everything that we can for the dog food and it still is cheaper than buying dog food. Oh, People I believe that. They do. They say, is it expensive? No, it's really not. Does it take a long time? No, it really doesn't. So we, we it, it includes brown rice, garbanzo beans, white beans. We usually use navy or great northern, lentils. So those are the legumes and the whole grain that we use in there. Um, we add in organic frozen green beans, organic frozen peas, organic frozen spinach, organic shredded carrots. They do not have to be shredded. You can just chop them up quickly. We don't even peel the organic carrots because when you rinse them, you don't have to worry about the pesticides. Just rinse them well, chop off the ends, and then chop them up. And then after the mix is cooked, and we do it in our pressure cooker, we used to do it in a slow cooker or on the stove, can be done any of those three ways, we will stir in flax seeds that are ground and chia seeds. So they get, or they're getting their omegas in that. So that's the basic food. But on top of that, we do give our dogs other things at other types, times of the day. So for example, we will give them a sweet potato pumpkin mix that we give at four o'clock. It's one of their favorite treats. And then we'll give them all kinds of fruits and vegetables that are on the you know, safe list, which is almost every fruit and vegetable. There are very few items that dogs cannot eat. So because they're 16 pounds, we feed them twice a day because they really can't have a huge meal at one time and make it all day. So we do two meals a day and then they have a snack at four o'clock. If I'm home during the day, they'll share an apple with me or a banana. And then at night, they have, we, I make two different types of treats that are both made with five ingredients of which one is water. And I, I don't feel like we can ever count water as an ingredient. So it's four. Count. <laughs> so, okay. So let's go back. So there are four ingredients. One of them is a peanut butter oat 
mm. uh, dog, uh, dog biscuit. And the other one is a pumpkin chia. So it doesn't have the nuts in it. So it's a little, it's a, quite a bit lower in calories and fat. So I usually make the pumpkin chia ones very tiny. And those are ones that I'll give to them when I'm leaving the house or just because I love them. Mm-hmm. And, and then the peanut butter oat ones they get every night as their you know, early evening treat, the last thing they eat for the day. So the great thing about those, again, is those can be frozen. So I just make a double batch. I take one of the batches and stick it in a Ziploc bag or in a container in the freezer. And then I take it out. So I don't have to make those, but every couple of months. So it's not a. It really isn't a lot of work, and it's actually fun. It's in. I enjoy cooking for my dogs because they are part of my family. Yeah, I had to um, when we moved to the Caribbean. There was no dog food. There might have been like some kind of really gross, like bottom of the bag kind of stuff, but I wasn't going to do that. Certainly nothing that was wholesome or plant-based. And so I actually had to cook for my dogs in addition to cooking every single one of our meals because there was nowhere for us to eat out. Um, And I ended up just, like you said, I would just do it once. There were some things I did once a month and some things I did about, I don't know, every 10 days to two weeks. And because I could freeze it and I didn't mind it at all. I was surprised at how much money I saved and how easy it was. And also, I would often get second and third life out of things. Like if I was making pumpkin muffins in a previous life, I maybe would have had like a fourth of pumpkin left over. And I I guess I could have put it in the freezer and hoped I'd find a a use for it, but I would just put it in the pug slop. That is an, actually, that is a great tip because a lot of times I take that pumpkin that's left over from pumpkin muffins and I put it in a Ziploc bag and it gets lost in my freezer. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. There were tons of things that I'd be like, well, I don't want to waste this tablespoon of tomato paste I have left. So let me put it in my freezer. And then by the time I would find it in my freezer, it would be like freezer burnt (laughs) and like not usable. But then I just started adding it to the dog's food, you know, provided it was an item that they could have, which is like you said, almost everything. Right. And um, it, it was just so great. I would joke that they're my compost pile. Well, and it's it. people are shocked at what dogs love. Mm-hmm. Um, when people come over and we give them an apple or we throw lettuce on the floor for them or they eat a kale stem, which is one of their oh, favorite. Oh, mine love kale stems too. Yeah, they're awesome. So, I mean, they. I guess it's just that we've sort of been trained to believe that dogs have to eat dog food. It's mm-hmm. just like we were trained that we were supposed to drink cow's milk. Mm-hmm. This is not a truth. The truth is... Our dogs can eat anything that we eat if that food is a whole food. And I want to also add that a new thing that I've been giving the dogs probably in the last six months is I give them some uh, raw almonds, and they actually love them. The only nut you can't give a dog is macadamia nuts. So really, you can give them a very small, obviously, we don't want to give them a lot because they're high in fat, but a small amount of walnuts, a small amount of of almonds, and you'd be shocked at how much they adore them. Mm -hmm. They really do. Well, I think most people like to give their dogs peanut butter, which part of that is entertaining for themselves, watching the dog try to eat the peanut butter, I think. But I mean, most dogs love peanut butter, so I'm not surprised to hear that they love raw nuts, too. Right. Oh, and speaking of the peanut butter, that's or the peanut butter oat biscuits that we make for them. We just take dry roasted peanuts. And when I say dry roasted, I mean, they have not there's no oil, sugar, or salt added to that peanut butter that, or to the peanuts that we put in our, in our high-speed blender and we just make our own peanut butter, which we eat 
And then we save some to make the biscuits with. So that peanut butter is not sweetened. It's, it's, it's from, you know, pe just peanuts. So that's important. You don't ever want to give your dogs um, Jif or uh -uh. any of those because those things are laden with additional sugar and oil and salt. And all of that is bad for a dog as well as bad for us. Mm -hmm. so. And you, um, you said something that made me think of, my husband is, you're like, I make this for my husband and I, and then the dogs get it too. And that was sort of one of the ways that we really got into, um, not only feeding our dogs a plant-based diet, but even home cooking is why would I feed these animals that I love that are such important parts of my family, something I would not eat myself. Exactly. Or the, or the opposite. Why are we not feeding our dogs what we're eating when we're experiencing such incredible results from this type of eating? Mm -hmm. So that's a, this is a good point to mention our boy, our, 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 our boys. I meant to say my girls, cause I do <laughs> my girls, my little uh, furry black girls, they are a little bit more than five years old right now. And they've never been sick. They're great. They are shiny. Their coats are beautiful. They walk with us. We try to walk them at least a mile every day, if not more. Um, they are. They're and if you are familiar with pugs, this is like them running a marathon every day because most pugs do not want to exercise. So that that tells you how healthy these two pugs are. Exactly. And, and I believe that if what we were putting into their body was not life giving, I don't know that they could do that walk. Yeah, I mean, my dogs walk with me. They walk, I live on a very steep street and they walk all the way to the top. The only time they're ever winded is if it's warm outside and then I'm winded too. It's so it's, it's not, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is huge because I have other neighbors who have, you know, Jack Russell's or Chihuahuas and they can't make it. Yeah, definitely. And our vet told us that when he treats uh, pugs, what he always sees is when they come in when they're babies, they're cute and adorable in a normal way. And he said, I almost never see a pug that comes in each time they come in that hasn't gained more mm -hmm. and more weight. He said, it's just uncommon. You just don't ever see that unless that pug is sick. And yeah. has lost weight because of a, you know, a tumor or something like that. So he said, this is just, um, it's just not common to see pugs remain as adult pugs, 16 pounds consistently year over year over year. Yeah, that's one thing our vet said is they always can't believe how trim and muscular and fit our pugs are. I mean, they still are kind of rolly because that's just the way the breed is with the skin, but they're not like they're not fat and they're yeah. not overweight. And um, it's interesting, like you said, that pugs tend to be kind of little roly polies. But also I was just in the vet's office and I saw a sign that said as much as 70% of pets these days are overweight and it's even worse with cats, but it's really bad with dogs. And I was, that just really surprised me. And then I started talking and the, it was like almost talking to a people doctor because he was telling me about how the rates of diabetes in pets have skyrocketed, the rates of cancer and tumors in pets have skyrocketed, the rates of obesity in pets have skyrocketed. And I'm just like, so it's not just, we're not just doing it to ourselves. No, absolutely. You're right. It's, and you, and if you, when we take walks, it's funny because the people that are walking their dogs, generally those dogs are healthier. Um, you can see that the people that walk their dogs are probably 
trying to find the best food or making food for their dogs. So I do think some of that goes hand in hand. It's just like us as humans, you know, I don't love to exercise. I really hate it, but I do enjoy walking my dogs and that gets me out. And I think it's something that if, when you love your, your pets and I hate the word pets cause they're really family members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you love them, um, getting them out to do exercise just as you know you need to is extremely important and it motivates me to get out because I I don't love to exercise but walking with my dogs and the funny things that they do on the walk um it just it's it's a and we do it as a family Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and we really enjoy that so I recommend it and I, I encourage people to do that and if you can't make, you know, your own dog food, and it really is, if you could try to fit that in, I mean, you will save so much money. You'll feel good. The dogs will feel good. And you can often eat the same things. Like, that was not uncommon. It's still not uncommon that we're eating the same things. The difference is, is my food has spices in it, and theirs doesn't. Um, right. You know, theirs is blander than mine. But that's, if I'm cooking lentils, you know, I always, there's enough for myself, for us to eat, but then there's enough for the dogs to eat, too. And I actually... I never realized this growing up, but my mother's brothers always kind of lived on a farm and whatever. And I, I, he always had dogs and, but I just never really was paying attention to what he was doing for food. And I realized he's never bought dog food. He has always like his entire life. And he's in his late sixties now. He's always given his dogs leftover food basically like whatever ends of the vegetables or they they are omnivores so sometimes there is meat but i never i never realized that that's probably how it was until the dog food industry popped up i mean people probably just gave the dogs scraps exactly and and i'm sure that those um animals on farms tend to live longer yeah well because- all his dogs have lived very long they're beagles which don't have the shortest, but not the longest life, but they've outlived friends of mine who's had beagles for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's very interesting. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And there was, when I lived in the, um, in the Caribbean on an island, there was a lot of wild dogs, like that just ran around wild. And they lived for a really long time, even though they're in the wild. And a lot of times it's because they were foraging for trash. Well, and I think, Another thing just to point out here, I mean, it's an obvious thing, but is that dog food is processed. Very processed. Right. So if even if you're giving them something that you made, a dish that you made at home, or like you said, giving them lentils. When I when I go to make hummus and I have garbanzo beans that are left over, I'll just toss them a few. They love that. Mm -hmm. All of that is not processed or certainly very minimally processed. And I think that's probably the greater key is that the dog foods are highly processed and they have additional things in them that are not healthy for dogs. You know, you, you mentioned something a second ago about if you don't have time to cook the dog food, because I know that seems like it's a daunting um, task to do. We yeah, actually, you do it and you realize it's not bad, but it does seem like, oh my God, I'm already struggling to make myself food or my kids food. How am I going to do my dog too, you know? But. It, it, it's true. But with everything that we do, we're literally just doing a lot of dumping. Everything gets dumped in. It's dry beans. It's frozen this, frozen that. Mm-hmm. And really frozen vegetables generally, especially if they're organic, they're coming right from the farm, flash frozen and thrown into a bag. So they're actually better than canned. So we just throw everything in there with the water and we turn the pressure cooker on and it's done 14 minutes later. It is really easy. And then the probably the greatest amount of work you do is just scooping them into your little containers. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 
So it's really not a big deal. Um, we, it's funny. We bought a pressure cooker to make dog food, but now I cannot imagine my life without a pressure cooker because we make so many things in it. We, you know, we make beans and rice and my, I cook my greens in it and mm-hmm. I just, just love it. So it, I it love ha- mine. Love it. Yeah. So it's not just for dog food. You get, you know, for the hundred dollars you spend on it, you get a great amount of um, benefits. So yeah, I love my pressure cooker and I, I'm the same way. I use it every day, whether it's, it's usually just to cook vegetables, whether it's potatoes or greens. But I also take mine when we travel because it has this like saute feature that basically acts as a stove. So I can just like use it as my stove and um, so we're not stuck eating out. And so it's really nice too. But one thing you said about the dog food, um, it's, you know, full of all these preservatives. And that's such a good point. Cause I, I thought about that. I was like, okay, if I put chicken in a bag and put it on a shelf, it's going to be gross and stinky and rotting within like two hours. And yet dog food is chicken. <laughs> it yep. sits on a shelf for how long? So I'm like, what are they doing to this? Exactly. And, and this is probably a great point. This is not a, I'm not being paid to tell you this, but this Mm -hmm. is another point. You know, I did want to find some kind of a vegan kibble, um, for emergency situations or to give a little bit of extra food to my dogs, especially if we were getting low and we needed to. So I, um, I had seen that chef AJ was giving her dog, um, V dog. Yeah. And she talked a little bit about it and I really researched the company and if you have to do a, a kibble, I really feel strongly that it, that that kibble is the best you probably can get. So oh, absolutely, yeah. So that's a good. A lot of people will say to me, "Well, where do you get vegan kibble?" And so that's a good company. It's and they'll at, mail it to you no matter where you are. Yeah, and it's actually very reasonable. It's mm-hmm. surprisingly reasonable, and it's free shipping if you get the larger bag or a certain amount. And of course, we get a larger bag and just keep it. It doesn't go bad. But and our dogs actually really like it. So I'll use it sometimes either also as tr- a treat because they're they're big enough to give them a little something when you know it seems like it's in between a meal and we really don't want to do a meal yet because my dogs I don't know if your dogs are like this but when it is six o'clock oh, they, mm-hmm. they don't let me forget <laughs> my girls are clocks they know exactly what time it is all the time so yeah they are very uh vocal around and sometimes I'm like it's not time yet no, yeah. the, the people, I um, I know the family that owns V-Dog, and they're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. They are extremely passionate about veganism, about animals, about providing the best kibble ever. They went to, I mean, they no spared expenses, none, to talk to the best pet vets, nutritionists, everything to make sure that their formula is perfect and it's allergy-free, like it's free of all the allergens that are common for dogs. And it is, it's wonderful. I also highly recommend it. And it's funny, I was talking to them, uh, to Linda, about the dog food. And she said, you know, it's so healthy that if what had happened is there was a recent, um, like kind of like an earthquake situation. And she was saying like survival, we could all just live off of the V-Dog. Like we too, like if we were all together, um, we could eat the V-Dog kibble (laughs) and survive if we didn't have food. Um, and, and she felt so strongly that, that you could eat it. And my husband actually has tasted it. I'm not, I haven't quite done that yet, but he wanted to try a piece once and he's like, well, it's vegan. And I, if I'm feeding it to my dogs, but we do that. We take it with us when we're traveling by car for long distances because I could open a can of beans, but it, it, 
it's just easier to, like you said, let them have the kibble. Um, it, but we also keep it on hand in case there was some kind of a natural disaster because I have tons of canned beans for myself and I want to make sure that they have a kibble for them. But um, well, And it's funny too it's because nice. the V-Dog for my dogs is almost like a treat because that's not the main thing that they eat. Mm -hmm. So, which is the opposite of, you know, it always bothered me that people feed dogs the same thing for every single meal. And mm -hmm. I, how can that be good and varied enough? So, but for my dogs, when we give them kibble, it's almost like a treat to them because they don't get it every day. Yeah, my dogs are really excited for it too. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the company V Dog also makes other stuff. They make these. They they're like a vegan version of greenies, which are these little hard green things that they can chew on. And my pugs love those. And they make a lot of other stuff too. That's great. But there are other companies as well. If you need an alternative for an allergy or something, there's no shortage. Nature's a balance is in like every Petco or other kind of chain pet store, for example. And, and there they are have, other ones. They actually have a vegan dog food. Um, it's funny. It says vegetarian formula, but when you but, actually yeah, buy it's vegan, it says yeah. vegan. Yeah. So and they have a wet one too. They have like a canned wet one because I know there are some dogs that have to have wet kibble. And so there are lots of options, lots of great options. But it is like... I, and I agree with you about the same thing over and over. That was something that I always thought was strange too. And I was like, well, I wouldn't eat the same thing every day. But my um, my boy dog, Quaid, he kept getting urinary crystals and we couldn't figure out why. And that went away too when we started cooking from scratch. And I think it's because he started getting the variety. And I've noticed that if we don't give him enough variety, I can I can see a change in his urine color. And so I am like, okay, I really need to like step it up and get variety and stop giving him the same things. Like just, you know, bring in more stuff. And so I could see that. I, I think that we eat a variety for our health. So why wouldn't I think that would apply to them? And especially in nature, if they were out in the wild, they would not get the same three things every day. Right, exactly. So it's definitely, it just seems more natural. But yeah, it changed. My my poor pugs, they were constantly biting their feet. They had all kinds of like skin issues. And, and, and you know, you hear other, there are a lot of other breeds that have that same problem. Although pugs, I think, are are notable for that. I do talk to people all the time who will say my, my dog has hot spots or mm -hmm. she's chewing or whatever. Um, in, another interesting thing about feeding the dogs this food is that our vet told us we they had um, a special, if you brought more than one dog in, you would get a reduced rate on teeth cleaning. And we thought, well, wow, our dogs are three years old. Maybe we should go ahead and have their teeth clean. And we were talking to him about it. And he looked at our girl's teeth and he said, they don't need it. Now, That's how many amazing. vets would tell you, yeah, right. don't do it, right? But he said, actually, their teeth look amazing and they don't have a lot of tartar or anything on, you know, they have a little bit on the back, but he said, it's nothing compared to what we would see with a normal dog. And so, you know, that could be partially that they like to chew the, um, the naturally um, shedding antlers or I think a lot of it, too, is they're just not eating food with a lot of preservatives. So mm. that's helping their teeth. I know my teeth, when I go to the dentist, my doctor tells me every time that our teeth look amazing. Oh, I had a definite change. I had so many cavities. And that was another one of those benefits of going plant-based that I just never realized until someone else pointed it out to me that I just was no longer having cavities. 
Yeah. And it's, when they clean my teeth, they're like, the, the worst is, is they're like, you need to drink less tea. Like, that's what they tell me because occasionally I'll have some staining that they have to buff out. But they're like, your teeth are amazing. And I'm like, I, I don't eat meat. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we don't have the problem with getting meat caught between our teeth. Yeah, which actually, exactly. It's a huge problem. I mean, how many people do you know that are really regimented about flossing? They're not. So if you're not, if you're eating meat and you're not flossing, you're in big trouble when it comes to teeth. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I had Invisalign last year and that was one of the things is they're like almost everyone who get, has Invisalign gets cavities and I didn't the whole time and they were all amazed and I was like, even though I was really diligent about always brushing my teeth before putting my Invisalign back in, even if I wasn't 100% perfect or I did it too quick, if any of the food that would have stayed was not like you said, it wasn't like meat, it wasn't where it was going to sit there and create a bacteria environment. Exactly. So I was like, yay. I, I was really worried about that. I was like, I've had such a good streak, guys. I don't want to mess it up. Yep. But, oh, oh, and another thing I meant to bring up earlier is you had said um, your people will come over to your house and are amazed that the dogs will eat lettuce off the floor. This is my life. People cannot believe how crazy excited my dogs get for carrots. Like, it's, I should take a YouTube video. They're, they go so crazy for baby carrots, and everyone comes over and just, like, stares. And then after we've done this, the next time they come over, they're like, so, can I give your dogs a carrot? And I was like, ooh, don't say that word. They know it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, they they love vegetables. Love them. And even if people are not making dog food, I absolutely believe that you should be feeding your dogs fruits and vegetables. They they, they love them. And I will tell, say this, though. My girls, for some reason, do not love broccoli. And I think it's a texture thing. But that is the only thing I think I've ever fed to them that they're not crazy about. And so one day when I was making a stir fry, you know how you cut off the florets and mm -hmm. then you have the big the big stalk at the bottom. So I thought, I wonder if they would like the stalk part. So I just peeled off the outside of the stalk and then I cut little circles of the inner part. This is now their favorite food. They oh. love, love, love it. So there's just about nothing that they won't eat. And I, I love that about them. My pugs won't eat celery. They, under any circumstance. <laughs> Um, but that's the only thing I found. It's funny, though, with the broccoli. When Quaid was a baby, he pulled the broccoli stem out of the trash. And I was like, oh, look, that's so cute. Look at him eating the broccoli. Oh, it's a vegetable. It's so healthy. Well, he had the worst gas ever. It was so bad that ever since then, I'm like, you know what? We're just not going to have broccoli. <laughs> those, and, and that's true. But you have to be careful with cauliflower, too. Those cruciferous vegetables can be pretty gaseous. Although that's another question that people do ask me about our food because we're putting in three types of legumes. Um, and so people will say, well, are they just gassy all the time? And actually, <laughs> actually they're not at all. They yeah. Even early on when we started feeding it to them, they we really didn't notice any difference. One of my dogs tends to have gas, whereas the other one, I never hear that she has gas. But really, with this food, we haven't noticed any changes. They, they, they just, they do very well on it. They've done well in it since the beginning, even with the transition when we moved over from the meat-based food to the um, bean-based food. They, there, it was a very smooth transition. So, oh, actually, I wanted to ask you about that. What do you recommend, so people who are listening who want to now switch their dogs, how do they do that with the transition? Because you can't just do it the next meal. 
You can't. So what you, the best thing to do, and this is what my vet recommended for us when we decided to do it, is he said, whatever you're feeding them right now, you want to start with giving a quarter of whatever you would normally give them of the new food for a day or two. And then you want to go to a half and then you want to go to three quarters. And then by the end of the week, you should be able to be transitioned over to your new food. But to be looking for things like heavy gas, looking for any kind of, you know, if there's vomiting, if they, because there could be something in that new food that you're giving them that they may be allergic to. Um, and then over time, one of the number one things he said to look for is our, our the main things to look for are changes in skin and fur. Because he said, this is for a dog. These are the two things that are the most notable the most quickly. Mm -hmm. So he said, you're looking for a lack in sheen on the, on the coat. So What's funny with our girls is we saw a great increase in sheen, which was really exciting. And then, of course, you're looking for anything like redness in the on the skin or chewing or biting or anything on their skin. Because if they did have something, like you said, scooting, anything like that, you're going to want to be keeping your eye out. So you really do need to pay attention during that transition time. Um, we didn't see any of that. In fact, the only thing we saw were positive changes with our girls. That's awesome. Yeah. So to just kind of give people an overview of foods you don't want to feed your dogs. And it's a very, it's a really, it's a short list. And everyone generally knows chocolate. You know, it's don't feed your dogs chocolate. And I actually know of a very sad story. A friend of mine's dog um, ate a bag of chocolate that was like on a table, like jumped up and got it and did die. So it was very sad, very sad. But yeah, so definitely no chocolate, which I think everyone knows. But also grapes and raisins, which I didn't know um, until a few years ago that you don't want to give your dogs grapes or raisins. And then... Um, and you know, what's, you know what's interesting about grapes and raisins, too, is they actually don't know why. Right. Is. They say it does, though, um, they've seen a... a an abundance of kidney failure based on it, but they really don't even really know why. With the chocolate, an interesting thing about that is the darker the chocolate, the more dangerous because mm -hmm. it has three, it has theobromine in it. And the caffeine, of course, is not good. But um, so because we're vegan, if we ever have chocolate, our chocolate is going to be darker. So we even need to be more careful not to leave chocolate That's bars a good out. Point. Or, yeah. mm -hmm. Extra careful because it's yep. so, yeah. I know, and that's how I am, because when I do eat chocolate, it's very dark. It's not just dark. It's like 99%. So it's, it, I, yeah, so we really um, put it way out of the way, because my pugs are smart enough. They have figured out how to get into the pantry, and I used to keep potatoes on the bottom shelf of my pantry, but apparently they like to eat raw potatoes, so um, <laughs> there's no deterrent there. Or I would find potatoes with, like, random teeth marks in them. I'm like, good job. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so grapes and raisins, chocolate, um, of course, any kind of alcohol, like, you know, wine's obviously made from grapes, beer's made from hops, it's also, but any booze altogether is bad. As you mentioned earlier, macadamia nuts, um, but other nuts are fine, no onions, no garlics, and also... Stuff like um, artificial sugars, which we really shouldn't be eating on a plant-based diet anyway, but Zolidol is extremely toxic to dogs, as is any kind of like sugar-free gum or something. And it smells so good that the dogs are going to go rooting for it in your purse if you leave it around. 
You know, there was one food, uh, you may have said it, but I'm not sure if you did, that that surprised me a little bit because I actually saw dog biscuits that were made of it, but you, you're actually not supposed to give your dogs avocados oh, either. Oh, yeah, that's like a weird, I know, the ASPCA says not to have avocado, but I've seen, like you said, avocado in like dog biscuits and dog food, and so I am i don't know if there's like a limit or, or what, because I can't understand how a um, food manufacturer could put it in if it's if it's bad. I'm guessing that those those biscuits that we see have a such a minute amount of it that it doesn't matter. But I've never actually given my girls avocados, but just because I knew it was on the list, but just to be careful. Yeah, we have avocados that um, we have an avocado tree near where we live, and there's one. They all come at once. It's like the the rainstorm of avocado, and so for like a week every year, our street is basically like covered in guacamole because there's always Ugh. avocados that fall and it's green and the dogs sometimes have gotten to it before I can be like no or I remember and mm. they were fine but I would not feed it to them on a regular basis yeah I'm sure it probably is fine it's just one of those things on the list so but that's it that's really a short list though if you think mm -hmm. about it because um oh they and yeast you're also not supposed to give them yeast like raw dough but I can't imagine why people would do that yeah, I wouldn't eat raw dough, so I wouldn't give it to my girls. <laughs> but yeah, it's like raw dough, avocado, chocolate, fake sugars, booze, grapes, raisins, macadamia nuts, onions, garlic, short. And there, of course, there's a chance your dogs could be allergic to stuff. My dogs happen to be allergic to wheat, corn, and bananas. But um, your pugs love bananas, so it's always, it's literally like people. It's always different. They do. I will say, though, that we don't we do not give our dogs any wheat. The only grain that we make their biscuits out of and the only they eat brown rice and we make their biscuits out of oat flour. So we've never actually made their biscuits with whole wheat flour, although in my recipe, I do note that you could use it. My understanding is that pugs tend to be more sensitive to corn and wheat, although my girls love popcorn. Oh, my so, dogs do like popcorn, but we have to limit it or they'll get a rash. Yeah. So, and, and I don't know if popcorn might be slightly different from corn, corn, you know, yeah, so it, maybe it could be different, but definitely I don't do any wheat with them. And of course, nothing with yeast. Um, so everything is the dog biscuits are really simple and they just basically, it's a dough that just dries out in the oven. So it's, um, you know, it's not a rising dough or anything like that. Yeah, the pugs love oats for sure. It's one of their favorites. And they eat rice too. And we did barley for a little bit. When I when I was living on the island, we constantly would run out of groceries because the planes couldn't come in because of storms. And so they had barley for a little while, but they seem to prefer rice. And probably their most favorite thing other than carrots of all things is tofu. And I joke, it's I'm like, well, they're Asian. So, <laughs> but um, they really love tofu. I've never tried tofu. So oh, it's bad. Like if I open a thing, they can smell it and they will come <laughs> running from upstairs all the so way down. So do you give it to them just like right out of the package? And yeah, just... like I'll just like, you know, if I'm making like tofu scrambler or some tofu dish, I'll give them each like a little, like a little piece, you know, like a little cube. Um, but they would eat the whole package if I let them. They love it so, so much. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if I should even start that. I'll bet you mine would love it too. But so, yeah, and I only, like I said, it's a, I just give them like a little treat, but they... They love it. And I don't even know how I figured that out one day. I think it was just typical. Like I had some leftover that we weren't going to eat. And I was like, here, you guys want it? And they were like, yeah. But um, but they, they're smart because I had a garden and they very quickly figured out the tomato plant had tomatoes. 
You know, and that's an interesting thing because I also have a garden and a lot of people tell me to be careful in your garden that your dogs don't get to the tomato leaves, but that they can actually eat tomatoes. I have a a cute little quick story about my garden is I have a little gate that opens up into it because we had to put a a little fence around the whole thing because they would destroy my garden if it was open. So I had a little, um, a little gate with a latch and somehow or another, whoever was in the garden last didn't shut it completely. And they have a dog door. So they go in and out and they went out there while we were out to dinner one night and literally ate all of the green beans in my garden. Literally, they were trampled and every single one of them had bites on them. Oh my goodness. So they, they see us pick them and we do give them to them raw. They love green beans or we put them in their food, but they know they're there. So the minute they could get into the garden, they just they destroyed it. Oh, goodness. So, yeah. yeah. The pugs, they never figured out the zucchinis and cucumbers, though. I think if they did, they would have eaten those, too. But they figured out the the little cherry tomatoes. And it, there was a certain level on the cherries tomato tree that there were no tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, huh. but they do. They do love their fruits and veggies. So I guess um, to sort of wrap up, tell us where we can get these recipes of yours for the dog treats and stuff. Okay. I have actually, I, I've tried to build a large community of people in the state of Texas who are plant-based eaters or interested because this is a part of the world that is um, not necessarily supported well if you want to live this lifestyle. So I, I initially started a Facebook page. At, it, it really started Somebody called me Mrs. Plant um, because I'm married and because I eat plant-based. And it started out that I called it Mrs. Plant. And the problem with it was whenever you wanted to look back at a recipe later on down the road, you had to search through all the photos to find it and it got out of control. So I actually started a website a food blog site that has um, all of those recipes under the pets section. And the website is www.mrsplantintexas.com. And there's no periods in that. So it's MRS plantintexas.com. So everything is categorized now and it's a lot easier for people to get to. And, and you know, my whole um, desire is just for people to have options for cooking and options to help their pets. And there's some education lessons on there um, talking about meat and dairy and why we don't use oil in our cooking because that's a huge question. Um, In fact, we used to make our dog food, by the way, with olive oil and we early on. And then when we went completely oil free, we stopped and we um, switched out to chia seeds and flaxseed meal. So But that's where you can find it. And I I just, I recommend that people just try a batch of it and see, you know, it's, I I think you'll see that it doesn't, uh, several people that are on our group in uh, our Texas group that we have, have gotten pressure cookers and made it and they say their dogs die for it. They love it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on, you know, the podcast today and giving us all this great information, all these tips and helping you know, people just understand what the options are there for their dogs and, you know, preach out more plant-based cooking. You bet. Thank you for having me. 
All right. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening. This is Lindsay from Meal Mentor. To get in on you know the meal plans and all that fun stuff, visit getmealplans.com. And Amy mentioned her website, so go check it out to get a recipe for some yummy dog biscuits that you know you could eat too. All right. Thanks, Amy. You bet. Have a great evening. You too. Bye. Bye.